In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our epistle lesson, we're given a perspective on the passion and crucifixion of Jesus that we often miss amid the agonizing brutality, amid the, the blood, the sweat, and the tears that our Lord shed for us on this day. Now, the blood and gore, the unmitigated violence committed against the only innocent man ever to live, that is the earthly perspective. That is the view from down here in the muck and mire of a sin-filled world. But the book of Hebrews bids us to see the work of Jesus with the eyes of faith. And with the eyes of faith, we do not ignore the brutality. We do not ignore the suffering and death of Jesus, but we see it also from a heavenly perspective. There are several things going on in the crucifixion, and each one of them is for us and for our salvation. And this evening is a good time to reflect on the unseen reality that lies behind our suffering Savior and the scourge of His cross. Hebrews chapters 4 and 5 make a couple of interesting claims about Jesus, which we would do well to ponder. First, it calls Jesus our high priest, the one who alone is fit to come before God on behalf of his people and make atonement for our sins and for the sins of the world, giving us peace with God. And the second claim is that Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered, and was therefore made perfect. Now that's a rather striking statement, seeing that we know that Jesus was already perfect according to his divine nature. He was the perfect, spotless Son of God. And he derived his own perfection from the Father, with whom he shared all things in eternity past. So surely there cannot be something wrong with Jesus. So what does perfection mean here? Well, I've got one statement this evening for our meditation, and then we will take this passage in two parts. And here's my statement. Jesus was made perfect through suffering so that he could be our high priest. Jesus was made perfect through suffering so that he could be our high priest. We begin with the first point. Jesus was made perfect through suffering. And we pick it up in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. It says, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. In the days of his flesh speaks to the time when Jesus had taken humanity to himself in the incarnation and through his entire earthly life. And it also speaks to his ascension and his session at the right hand of God, this status that he now carries. Jesus is not a phantom. Jesus is not a ghost. He is not just a spirit. He is actually flesh and blood, a human being who is also divine, now ruling over all things. These are the days of his flesh, even now. And one of the reasons that he assumed flesh and that he took flesh to himself was so that he could be our high priest. One who could mediate between God and man. One who could reconcile the two and atone for sins, not just temporarily, not just by sweeping them under the rug, but by doing away with them forever. 
But it's one thing to have this office of high priest according to prophecy, and it's quite another to actually come and take it up to live this office of high priest. He had to fulfill the qualifications. So as our high priest, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications, often with loud cries and with tears, whether it was the priestly prayer in John 17, which he prayed for his disciples and for us, whether it was the loud weeping and the bloody sweat while he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, whether it was the loud cries and the last words of Jesus from the cross, which we will hear in the service this evening, Jesus cried out to his Father, his trust never for a second wavering, even though he was to drink the full cup of wrath against sin on the cross. In his earthly life and in his harrowing death, Jesus shows us that he alone can and does make intercession for us, not only once, but into eternity, even right now. When Jesus prayed from the cross, forgive them, they know not what they do. He prayed not only for those who were present before him, but he actually prayed for you. And God the Father heard that prayer because of Jesus' reverence, and he answered it. Good Friday means that your high priest is on the cross interceding for you, and through him you are forgiven. Verses 8 and 9 lie at the heart of our meditation this evening. Verse 8, first, although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. When we look at Jesus on the cross, we see the obedience of a son, not just any son, but the only son of God. Philippians chapter 2 says that he became obedient to the point of death on the cross. Although Jesus shared all things with his father in eternity past, and Jesus knew nothing but joyful obedience, he did not see himself as exempt from the suffering of this world. He subjected himself to the school of suffering so that he may learn perfect obedience as a man. And he was determined to learn it, to learn it perfectly, not for himself, but for you. Because we constantly worry about whether God is good, and because our faith wavers all the time during times of hardship and suffering, Christ came to perfectly suffer for all of us while showing reverence for God and God responded in kind by raising him from the dead. Good Friday means that your suffering now obeys Christ because Christ came to conquer it. He came to subject it to himself through his own victory on the cross whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is that's bothering you and that's keeping you up tonight, it belongs to Jesus. Now verse 9. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. What did Jesus need to be made perfect in? He was already perfect. So in what sense do we understand this perfection? Jesus had to be made perfect as our high priest, as our advocate, as the vicarious 
suffering servant that we heard about in Isaiah. He desired to do this. He wanted to do this so that we would always and forever have a perfect sacrifice, a perfect priest, a perfect temple through which we always have access to God's free grace. And how did he achieve this perfection? Through suffering. It was through what he suffered, by taking on the flesh of humanity, by living among us. It was by becoming the sin bearer at his baptism. It was by being despised and rejected by those that he came to save. It was by his passion and his bloody death that we commemorate this evening. Have you ever thought about how Jesus suffered everything that we're afraid of? Everything that we fear most? Our gospel reading, the passion account covered most of it this evening. We're, we're afraid of the worst pain imaginable. Jesus went through it. We're afraid of being abandoned by our friends. Jesus went through it. We're afraid of being mocked and made a fool of in public. Jesus went through it. We're afraid of being stripped naked and openly shamed with the world watching. Jesus went through it. We're afraid of all of this happening in front of our mothers. Jesus went through it. We're afraid of the dark. We're afraid of being abandoned by God. We're afraid of death. But each single thing, every single thing that we fear most, Jesus faced it and he conquered it. He suffered everything that we can imagine in our place. He became perfect through suffering so that by his suffering, you and I become perfect in the sight of God. Good Friday means that Christ's perfection is ours because of what he suffered. Because he willingly faced down our fears and conquered them all. Now the first part of my statement for our meditation was that Jesus became perfect through suffering. Now we come to the second part. So that he could be our high priest. So we go back to chapter 4. Verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus the son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. He left no doubt that he had accomplished all of this for us. He fulfilled the office that was given to him as our high priest, making intercessions for us, going to the cross and hanging upon it so that we would have a perfect sacrifice. And when he was raised, church, and he ascended on high, he passed through the heavens and went to where no man had gone before. Just as the high priest in the temple would every year go behind the curtain and sprinkle the blood of the atonement on the mercy seat of God. Jesus' finished work on the cross means now that he does this perpetually and continually and perfectly. He has done the impossible. He has provided such atonement for us that he has reconciled God to us and us to God forever. And because that's true, Hebrews says that we hold fast to our confession. That Jesus is the Lord of glory. That he ever lives to intercede for us as our high priest. That this Jesus in him is the perfect person and work. The final sacrifice for sins. 
And in turn, our lives, Romans 12 says, our lives are now presented as living sacrifices to this high priest who sacrificed himself once for all. And the sacrifice that we present is the confession that we make that this Christ who has died and risen, this Christ who drank the wrath of God on Golgotha so that anyone who believes in him would not That is the sacrifice of praise that we bring. The confession of his name. The confession of his person and work. Good Friday means that we always have a high priest through whom we have access to God. Through whom we make our confession to the world. Even if we must suffer for it. And even if that's the case. Even if we must suffer on his behalf. Jesus has made provision for our frailty. Verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And this is one of the ways in which Christ was made perfect through suffering. He is now and always able to sympathize with our weaknesses. No one else can do this. When others tell you that they know exactly what you're going through, it's only in part. It's not completely. But your Lord and your God knows exactly what you're going through. Because he has experienced it firsthand. He has suffered far more than you and I could even imagine. Not only did he suffer, but he was tempted in his earthly life as well. And yet he remained sinless so that he could overcome sin and death for us. When you go through life racked with pain and sorrow, whatever valley of tears you may be going through right now, your Savior does not look upon you with scorn and disappointment. He looks upon you with sympathy and compassion. He knows every one of your tears. He knows every ounce of pain and misery that you experience every day. Good Friday means that you can look upon his suffering today and remember that he has overcome yours. Verse 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. On the Day of Atonement, the high priest would go behind the curtain once a year and sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat for the sins of the people. But now this throne, this mercy seat, is occupied by Jesus. The throne of heaven itself has become a mercy seat for us so that we may draw near at any time. When we need more mercy in our lives for the trouble of this life, Jesus bids us to come near. He wants us to see in his crucifixion him making every provision for us so that we will never have to fear asking him for anything. When we need grace for the forgiveness of our sins, when we need grace for everlasting salvation, he wants us to see in his cross the wrath of God turned away. There is only grace. 
Every week we come together, we see this reality in the divine service where our crucified and risen Lord stands in our midst as the Lamb who had been slain but who now is alive and brings us His gifts of life and salvation. Our high priest who brings to us what He has earned for us in His perfect suffering. Jesus became perfect through suffering so that he could be our high priest. Good Friday is not an unfortunate accident. It isn't tragic that an innocent man lost his life. The only thing tragic about it is our sins. That is what we mourn. When Jesus was going to his cross, whenever he was carrying his cross, he turned around and looked at the women and said, Women of Judea, do not mourn for me. Mourn for your sins. Good Friday is good. It is good because it is for you. Good Friday is about the one who willingly came to die for you. He subjected himself to the suffering and shame of the cross so that you would never be abandoned, so that you would never be without a perfect mediator who knows what it's like to be us and to suffer in our place. Let us with confidence draw near to his throne of grace. Let us with confidence seek his aid that by his power, we too will be made perfect through his suffering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.